Welcome to the Clear Cruise podcast. My name is Andy Harmer and thank you very much indeed for tuning in to our latest episode. Uh, and it's a bit of a special one this time. Uh, firstly, we are recording this in Miami because we are at Sea Trade Global. Now, Sea Trade is a big annual event. It brings together the global cruise industry suppliers, ports, destinations and cruise lines in one building in Miami every spring. And whilst it's looked very different for the last couple of years, this year the show is busy, it's optimistic, uh, and there's a buzz about the show that's really interesting. But more interesting for us is the number of people from the uh, global industry who are here talking about trends, what to look out for in the future, opportunities, and so on. And so actually this is the first podcast in a series where we've captured some of those thoughts and ideas from some of the leaders from the global cruise industry. So uh, listen out over the coming weeks and months for more special podcasts recorded at Sea Trade. Uh, and actually, uh, our first episode uh, couldn't get off to a better start because Heather Wyatt from Clear, based in North America, will be chatting to our global president and CEO of Clear, and that's Kelly Craighead. And actually, the main focus of the conversation is just some of the announcements that came out of Sea Trade this week, particularly in the area of sustainability. So, uh, stay tuned for that interview. I'll be back right at the end of the podcast. But for now, Heather chats to Kelly Craighead uh, live at Sea Trade. So, Kelly, it's so great to see you. How are you feeling being back in Miami? Oh my gosh, I am so glad to see you. I'm so glad to see so many people. Um, you know, we we were able to see some people last year, but because of the international travel ban, we right. couldn't see everybody. And this year, really, it seems like everybody's here. And it really, for me, as I think about the last two and a half years, we couldn't be here today if it wasn't for the entire cruise community. And so to be able to be in person and to be able to... It's a know, game changer, right? It's a game changer. And to thank people and to hug people um, is amazing. So you guys have been talking a lot about sailing back better. Um, and what does that actually mean for Clea, but overall for the whole cruise industry? Yeah, it's, um, I'm, it's a great question because it really is a theme that you'll see us promote all throughout the, the sea trade. It really is the idea that throughout through the pandemic, you know, the cruise companies have never taken their eye off the need for kind of innovative environmental sustainability actions and um, forward movement. And so really sailing towards a better future is the idea that we're not just focused on restarting cruising. We're, we're focused on restarting cruising in the greatest possible way so that we are mindful of the air we breathe, the sea we sail on, the destinations we visit. And in each of those ways, you'll see a strong, innovative cruise industry returning. You made some really important announcements this week um, in your keynote, and, and the crowd was really jazzed about it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I'm so excited about it. You know, um, we've really focused on the idea that we're sailing back better. Um, sailing towards a better future and the real reason is we've spent so long talking about the health and safety protocols which is always our top priority but one thing I want to make sure everyone knows is that even through the worst of the pandemic our cruise partners were continuing to focus on the importance of environmental sustainability and at Sea Trade we we're able to announce some pretty exciting commitments to achieving net carbon zero 
which is different from net carbon neutral cruising, which is something that has been our driving motivation. Now, all of this understands that it's going to take a lot of research and development to have the type of technologies we need, but to try and have this commitment is meaningful from the companies and from the wider cruise community. The other thing that I'm really excited about is around shoreside electricity and the role that that is going to play. Um, what our cruise lines have committed to do is that they'll call on shoreside electrically capable ports um, by 2035. So either the port is capable of accepting the shoreside electricity capability from the ship or we'll be able to use alternative low carbon technologies in port as those are available. So really again, you see us working as, as an industry that is leading the way in so many things like environmental innovation being able to adapt and to share some of this in partnership because one of the great silver linings from the pandemic is just the strong partnerships that have formed from ports to the cruise lines to the destinations to the range of authorities and so again these announcements today are made in knowledge that it is in partnership. The other thing that we committed to is around um, really being able to sign on to the um, You'll remember this, Heather, from when we were together last year, but this is um, signing into the Global Maritime Forum, which is really a big part of COP, and for the cruise industry to be um, a signatory on this, I think, is really pretty meaningful. So the cruise industry really has rallied like nobody else uh, during this pandemic. I mean, it's this you haven't skipped a beat at all. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think it's important to know that we, at every turn, every part of the wider cruise community put people first. And what I think is so telling about the industry is just the, the level of commitment, personal and financial, that was put into developing the most robust health and safety protocols, even before there were vaccines, which really enabled the cruise industry to start sailing in other parts of the world. And even in North America, the largest market where, you know, obviously we've had some of the larger challenges. Um, we're seeing incremental progress, but as we return, it's not just getting back to business and sailing with these extraordinary health protocols. It's really knowing that you are part of an experiential, um, accessible, transformational opportunity to re-engage with your friends and your family and, and to see the world. And that's the most exciting part. It's just what we're able to deliver. And talk a little bit about the appetite for cruising. I mean, I know we just came off uh, Cruise 360 in Fort Lauderdale, and it was great to see the travel trade community again, but what are you what are you hearing in terms of appetite of people getting back right. on cruises? Well, you know, that's the, great, that's the great part. Cruisers love to cruise, but even people who haven't cruised are curious now about cruising. And I think part of it was because it was the safest way to travel. Some thinking that if you are on a ship that's highly vaccinated, that you could be closer to normal than any other way. And so, I, you know, they always say the cobbler's child has no shoes. Well, our family's desperate to take a cruise, but really, you, you, you do have to work with your travel advisor now and book because there are people who, during the pandemic, booked four and five and six cruises. So one of the things my family's interested in doing, and it's really a pride point for me, is we want to we go to Alaska. But Alaska is going to have a banner year this year, and they deserve it because they missed an entire season. Yeah. Whole livelihoods depended on it. And so um, cruisers love to cruise. Cruisers are cruising. Millennials 
love cruising and are one of the fastest growing segments. So I think you'll see That's a real value placed on experiential travel, which is what, of course, cruising offers. And we always say cruising is the best way to see the world. <laughs> cruising is the best way to see the world. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, destination management at all um, and just give us kind of, you know, the, the preview of where we're going, where CLIA is taking things in that direction? Yeah. And, you know, really, CLIA exists to really support our cruise line members, our destination partners, our port partners, and kind of the wider cruise community. And I think what, again, we learned during the pandemic is the power of partnerships. You know, everything that's done has to be done in partnership because you have a ship, you have a shore, and we need to work together. And I think the commitment towards environmental sustainability and investing in the type of innovation and the research and development that's going to have to exist that doesn't currently exist, kind of that passion around the interest in pursuing how do we achieve these ambitious goals, you can put in the same context of destination stewardship. You know, everything in the cruise industry is like a, you know, like a light switch. You're off and then you're on. So now that we're cruising, we're back into conversations around mass tourism and we're deeply engaged in, in how do we work with the destination you know, there's no one better at managing flows than cruise operators, and they're interested and willing to help really make sure that the residents are having an extraordinary experience and the cruise passenger is having sure. a cruise experience, and that really happens with dialogue. And I think, you know, one of the things that's always a challenge is these itineraries are booked years in advance. So, whereas um, events happen with a light switch, being able to really kind of take a partnership with the destination does need to evolve over time because of the long lead time that ships need to know to and make to changes. And to strike that balance, That's correct. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you really have hit a pride point um, that, you know, rallying this industry together and getting all, you know, it's not just about the cruise lines, but the entire cruise community. Um, right. And it seems like that is the silver lining for. Yeah. I mean, I think for CLIA, because we really. You know, we are a facilitator. We are a platform for collaboration. We, we, you know, have, we provide education, you know. So for me, it is a pride point because I'm proud of our members. I'm proud of our partners and I'm proud of our community who really suffered, I mean, mightily. And the fact that, you know, there are more challenges to come. We're certainly not out of the pandemic. The unpredictability makes this really challenging. But the relationships that have been formed and the bonds that have been formed really just create this rising tide that lifts all ships. And that's what makes me so proud is that we have built a community that's connected and dependent upon one another. It always has been, but now people recognize it, yeah. which is why being together in person in Miami has just been so powerful because you see people you've been Zooming with for two years, solving sure. problems with, and you know you get to celebrate a little bit, even though, I mean, I think everyone's still working towards full resumption, which we don't expect will happen until the end of July. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and sure. just talk about the markets that are open and, and what's going yeah. on and, you know, sort of the future of cruise, if you will. The outlook, it seems positive from everything, you know, all these partnerships and, and what we've done with the wider cruise community, but talk a little bit about the individual markets, if you don't mind. Yeah. So the um, individual markets are, you know, I have to say I'm very, very pleased over the last couple of weeks because um, Asia and Europe came back online before any other market, but um, North America, where CLIA has a large membership, um, which includes Canada and Australasia, um, were two of the last markets to come online. So in North America, a big part of the itineraries are Alaska that involves Canada. 
So there was the ability to have part of a season last year, but to have a full season this year was really dependent on the Canadians. And with a lot of work with Transport Canada, and again, our partnership with the ports and the port communities and the residents, we were able to work towards reopening in Canada, which mm -hmm. means that, again, um, these West Coast itineraries that involve Can uh, California, Canada, um, all of Alaska are going to go forward. So from a getting back to business standpoint, that's huge. And from the delivering this extraordinary experience for families, which is why we want to go, um, <laughs> of is good. And then there's Australia, which really, you know, we have an extraordinary leader there, Joel Katz, who, I mean, has really been through it all. And so um, he's really, last, he's brought that community together. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, again, you know, we have to give all the credit to the community. We're lucky that we get these jobs and we can be the facilitator and create the opportunities for people to come together. But it's the communities and, and primarily, not primarily, but there's a, a significant number of advisors, mm -hmm. travel agents, agencies who are on the front lines with consumers and they're really the energy and we get to just create the opportunity for them to talk to their lawmakers. And that, in the United States and in Australia, the Ready, Set, Sail initiatives, I think, made a huge difference. So Canada, I mean, Australia received their first ship just last week and then they'll have their first sailing at the end of May. That's fantastic. And that is fantastic. And you know, I don't think um, we'll, we'll declare everyone back until every market is open and some markets are still not open in the South Pacific, for example. Um, so we'll continue to work on resumption, but when you hear us say sailing towards a better future, we're not just focused on getting back to business. We're focused on kind of, again, resuming the lead of taking the lead in best tourism and maritime practices to really embrace the idea that environmental um, sustainability and destination stewardship are two important factors that we consider just like the economic benefit of cruising, which we really learned during the pandemic is this is not a narrow um, impact. I mean, the no, jobs not at all. Right. that are attached to cruising and uniquely attached to cruising, I think people really saw and felt for the first time. So for Cleo, who does a, a lot of government relations, having that to be able to actually say, don't take my word for it, you saw how many people were put out of work when the, when the lines weren't operating. Sure has made our job a little bit easier. Now, maintaining those relationships will be important. It's interesting, really, how CLIA has ignited the passion within the community. I mean, we saw it with the travel trade, and you know, you think about their passion when they're talking about their clients and talking about booking crews, but as you mentioned with Ready, Set, Sail, I mean, these people activated and went into sort of a government relations, um, you know, it, it was a completely different role for them, but it, was. it is interesting how this passion point for all the people within the industry, it's, you know, it just, it's that whole community. Yeah, um, and and I really think that you know it's the group of everybody building back better and you know yeah. and, and sailing. Yeah. yeah, I mean I will I will just say on that point that um, you know Clea Clea does exist to do the government relations, public affairs, develop the maritime policy which guided the Clea policy um, for COVID during mitigation of COVID. It's hard to see that in the abstract, and I think. You know, I guess you can never let a good crisis go to waste, but I think that people <laughs> got to see it does matter what you say and do. The Absolutely. governments do listen to their citizenry and to activate citizens, particularly citizens who are workers that are deeply impacted by the decisions that governments make. 
was a great opportunity for us, despite the hardship that brought it about, to be able to demonstrate that a trade association like LEA that is international in its scope, when it is a global pandemic, makes a big difference. But it's the people who makes it work. The commitment from the cruise lines, the passion from the travel trade, and really the support of the suppliers. So the fact that we can represent the wider cruise industry and we get the honor of kind of playing this role of a facilitator and coordinator, and in some cases for our managing directors and um, leaders in each of the nation states is really the face of the cruise industry because the governments want to talk to one entity sure. and CLIA gets the privilege of playing that role. It's a very positive time. We're so excited that you've spent this time with us and sharing this information with us. We're excited about Sea Trade. Thank you for everything that you've brought to the table. Thank you. So excited to be here. A huge thank you to Kelly Craighead for being our special guest in the first of a series of special podcasts that we have recorded from Sea Trade this week, where the conversation has been very much about opportunities ahead and sustainability. And uh, you can hear those conversations as we launch more podcasts in the coming weeks and months, uh, all recorded live at Sea Trade this week. Do look out for those, and remember you can keep up to date on everything clear by visiting cruising.org. My name's Andy Harmer. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.